yeah, so that's where it's like I think it's okay to give up Mike Williams. I that's think why, he'll that's be why I brought it up. Yeah, no, I'm glad you gave me that perspective because looking at it that way, basically Drake London, I would say is going to be more consistent than when Mike Williams is because he's a possession wide receiver. And that's where like Drake London's game excels. So I think he's going to be an incredibly consistent wide receiver for one thing, but two, I think he's going to be better from a fantasy perspective than Mike Williams even. Okay. Okay. Ready? And oh, was is it delayed? That looked on point to me. Okay, it's delayed because you were a little bit behind me, but I'm glad it was on point for you. Okay, it looked it looked on, it looked point, on point. Yeah, 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 it looked okay. on point to me. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome back to the Last Place Fantasy Football Podcast. We are down a man today, uh, Josh. Uh, I'm Ethan. Joined today, obviously. No rules. Josh. No, just kidding. Yeah, no rules. Pandemonium. The uh, pastor's son is gone. So. Uh, <laughs> That means today's going to be a good episode. But uh, no, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, so following our mock draft, which, by the way, to everyone who's watched that and blown that up, thank you thank, guys so yeah. much for that. Yeah, content for the people. We just kind of want to give you an idea of what the draft can look like, especially since draft season is here. Whether yes. you're in redraft, keeper, dynasty rookie drafts, or startup drafts, welcome. Because now the fun part begins. Yeah, the month of July is your period to get things right or you're going to lose, again, like Alex. But, but anyways, that's not the point. That's not why we're here. Or we're Alex. here to talk about kind of in case you missed it type items, so coaching changes, uh, players, just the highlights of those. We're going to spend a really quick amount of time on that. We've had some crazy news in our league, uh, so we're going to go over some of that. And then finally, uh, we're going to talk about some drafting strategies. So, Josh, why don't yeah. you why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So this is just going to be a big episode of we're just going to kind of recap the entire off season for you to catch you up on things you need to know, and then I'll we and then we also like showing our trades, especially in our league, to kind of explain to you some of the ideas that we're thinking of, especially regarding some of the players. And what players, they're worth. Yeah, exactly. Players help players. That's for sure. Um, and then especially with the draft strategies, and especially you and me, Ethan, there's been so many years that we've either drafted really wrong or have the greatest draft. And just honestly, twisted. if you ace the draft, you have a great start. But obviously, the draft doesn't mean everything. Like last year in our Keeper League, I aced the draft and I drafted uh, Debo Samuels. I drafted Cooper Cup and I drafted Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette in our Keeper League. And that's what got me to the championship game. And I lost, yeah. I only lost two games. And then week 15 happened. And I lost Godwin and Fournette and James Robinson. Yeah. Every, everyone lost week 15. Th that will go down. Nobody won week 15. That and by the pockets. people who advanced in the playoffs, no one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ethan, you ready to get into this? Dude, I say good. let's start off fun. with if y'all saw last week's episode, there were two major trades that were in contention. One was, well, and the first one that got accepted was the trade for Debo Samuel. Ethan and I were kind of in the running for that, just straight up talking about it. And then... Oh, we were just throwing feelers. Yeah, we were, we're just, just throwing feelers, yeah. throwing feelers until Ryan goes, wait a minute, what trade was that again? And yeah. final, we finalized the trade the next day after we uh, recorded, but essentially, I picked up Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle. You want to you yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it up if you want to. Yeah. Or do you have it up? I I would have to scroll up a little bit. Oh, okay. Then I will share the screen. So I have the uh, the other ones ready. Oh, gotcha. So I'll show this one. So this is the trade that we have at the moment. Just want to show you. I sent CD Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown for Devo Samuel. That you acquired literally the day before. Yeah, literally the day before. And and somehow in all this, picked up a a future second round pick. Um, personally, I would love to hear Ethan your thoughts first before I kind of go into my reasoning. I, I don't know. It, it's just hard because for me, I'm so high on CD Lamb, and I know a lot of people are too. Just in the situation he is, so it's not that I didn't like your team before the Almond Raw. I kind of understood because that offense has kind of gotten a little crowded now, and we don't know if Almond Raw is going to be the guy like what we thought going into the off season. So it makes sense uh, trying to get Waddle for him because Waddle's going to blow up in Miami. I think he's going to take away from Tyree Kill. I would be selling Tyree Kill personally if I had him. And I guess I understand Debo even with the hit he's going to take to his fantasy outlook this year for not running the ball. But I understand. And getting that second pick is just more disrespectful on it. But uh, yeah, job, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a good trade. Yeah, I think it's a good trade for both sides, honestly, because, I mean, for Ryan, def- definitely giving up CD hurt. But, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't potentially think about giving up CD unless, like, a Debo or a top-flight receiver like that was involved. Right. Um, really, my reasoning for this is I kind of went back and looked at before wideback became a thing. So, before Week 10, Monday night against the Rams, I said, all right, what was Debo averaging at that time? He was averaging yeah. 23 points a game. So before the running the ball, before anything like that, just as a receiver, he was averaging 20-plus points a game. And that made me feel a little bit better about him being solely a wide receiver. Right. And then, you know, you don't know until the season rolls around, which we talked a lot about last week. But I I do think it makes sense for both of your teams for these moves. Because, you know, what Ryan was saying is I want to rebuild. I want to get younger. I want – you know, potential guys. Which that's, that's what crazy for me, to be honest with you, because he has yeah. a team that can win now. And I mean, but here's a, I mean, there's another trade that we'll talk about where he clearly threw himself in the contender race, whether he likes to believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why he doesn't think he can contend. I mean, his team is, we'll keep going. Yeah. We'll keep his going for sure. My, so the, to where this trade made sense for me. And why I was like, yes, I don't want to give up CD, but I have to do this, was getting Waddle. Like, that was yeah. that was where it's, I could, maybe if you think about it, Debo CD being a one-for-one swap, Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown, that's where I felt like the clear X factor was. And right. I now I know, like, I'm getting at least one top five, top ten receiver, and then one bona fide top 15, whether they're Tyree Kill or not. Right. And, and I just, I'm way more high. I'm way higher on Waddle right now. No, and, I agree. And that's, to I me, that's that where it's the trade was like, this is an offer I can't refuse. Because that offense is so complex because it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to double Tyreek? Which you, you have to. You have yeah. to give him cushion and double him and have safety help. But, and then you have then, another speedster with yeah. Waddle. And then you have Gasecki. And then. It's the Shanahan but, system. With and I think Tyreek is going to be a good mentor, too, on Jalen, because they oh, have similar yeah. games. Yeah, similar games, um, but I def- it's just 
what here's what we love so much about the Kyle Shanahan style offense. I personally think out of all the people from the Mike LaFleur, the Matt LaFleur, the uh, um, there's one more, uh, there's one more guy whose name escapes me, but uh, but now Mike McDaniel, I think Mike McDaniel's the oh, McVeigh, there we go. Um, I think it's either McVeigh or McDaniel as the next best person underneath Kyle Shanahan for me. And when when I'm looking at the skill players, I have to buy into the coaching as well sometimes. And especially with this, no no disrespect to Dan Campbell because I think he's doing a tremendous job in Detroit so far. I just think from an offensive perspective, would I rather have the Kyle Shanahan system or set something else? And I'd rather have the Kyle Shanahan system all day, every day, twice on Sunday, I'll go to Waffle House with it and pray. So it's all all those things. Right. No, I mean, I, it made sense for both teams. I mean, yeah, you know, definitely no makes really sense. I, I don't, it's more of like a swap than anything else. I agree. And I just definitely preference for this one. I think CD's yeah. going to be incredible, honestly, even though I'm not a big fan of the Mike McCarthy uh, system, even though Kellen Moore is right. pretty good. I think CD does have a lot of things that do need to get resolved, whether it's Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, something of that nature. Yeah. But I think CD's going to be an alpha. I think he's going to be that dude. So that was tough to give up. But when you get a deal like this, it's hard to pass up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just made sense. So that was the first. Um, yes. And you guys kind of saw this at that the was end the first. of the episode last time. But then There's one more. Insanity. One more happened at the end of that episode. And we answered a very important question. And while you're pulling that up, we had to answer the question, what is it going to take to get DeAndre Swift? And uh, more importantly, what's it going to take to get the 101? Right. And that was answered. I, we didn't th- think it would be, but it, it was definitely we, answered. We didn't. And you see Ryan's face. And well, I mean, Ethan, if you want to throw yeah. up. Oh, wait a minute. I, I'll set that up. But it, if you want to just throw up the trade it, and if we just show last, if you want to take a look at last week's episode. As soon as Alex said, yeah, I'll throw in the 101, you see Ryan like start talking to uh, about other things. He goes, wait a minute. What did you just say? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, he, yeah, he, he stopped what he was yeah, doing. He stopped exactly what he was doing. And it was like, oh, snap. So this is what they what they came to. So yes. Neheim Hines, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, the 101, and a second round in 2023. I think that this is a good deal on both sides, in my opinion, because the thing the thing yeah. is, especially with Alex, is like he he's this is a swing for the fences. If you think DeAndre Swift is better than all these other running backs, then by all means make the move. And yeah. while Tony Pollard is good, Naeem Hines is good, like they're not like alpha dudes. This puts it into yeah. the alpha category and doesn't put as much pressure on him to make Zeke work. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's completely worth it for him. And Ryan, yeah. even though he's saying he's rebuilding, when you get the one on one. You have Kyle Pitts, you have Burrow, you have Chase, and you're probably going to add Brees Hall to this category. Let's be honest; like he should be the one on one. Oh, Ryan's already said that. He yeah. said it multiple times. Like, I'm taking Brees Hall. Yeah, he's made exactly. it very clear. Yeah, he's made it very clear after we convinced him because he thought he, which check again, check last week's episode for that. But like, it's it, it's a deal that makes sense on both sides. I think. I applaud Alex for swinging for the fences more than Yeah, I, I mean, his team got better. It's it's like you said, he doesn't want to be the toilet bowl guy anymore. And, you know, if you don't want to be the toilet bowl champion, you got to make moves. Yeah, yeah. And what is the phrase that we all 
come to know and love. Scared money makes no money. And yeah. and that's what I think Alex is doing. And plus, Alex didn't have to give up the 105. So he still right. has a first this year. And I think that's very good of him to like make, to keep that yeah. in his back. Pocket. And I mean, if he could swing Ken Walker at 105, I don't know why he would drop that far. But if he can swing Ken Walker at the 105, he it, stole the trade. It's possible. For me. It depends, especially in our league. Uh, Phillips at the 103. Personally, that's where I think Ken Walker gets picked, but I could see him taking yeah. a receiver. It's possible. He's in a weird yeah. scenario that he could do one or the other. Well, but... and he's really big on Garrett Wilson, too, as yeah. he should be. I mean, Garrett Wilson at 105 is a steal. Yeah, that would be a steal as well. So, yeah, I think this deal – that I mean, we found out what it takes for the one-on-one. We found out what it takes right. for DeAndre Swift. I think this is a good trade on both sides, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it makes sense for both because – this kind of rounded out Ryan's team, like Hines and Pollard takes care of depth and flex positions. He's got Brees Hall to replace DeAndre Swift, and then he's got an extra second next year for if there's a guy that he's just absolutely in love with. Exactly. And it, and does, it does give him flexibility is, to trade up, too. Uh, the last thing on, on this is from Alex's perspective, he still has the 201, so he's still in Algier territory or James Cook territory. Yeah. So that can kind of fill out his I think uh, open flex position. I think Algier could be sneaky first round. Oh, I agree. I, think I don't think possible. anyone's going to pull the trigger. No, but because he could be. It, he, Algier's in a weird way is kind of like Antonio Gibson when he was a rookie. Like you're like, mm-hmm. this is so good, but I'm so scared to do this because this could blow up in my face easily. And I think Algier's kind of the same way, but I'm yeah. pretty sold on Algier being a, uh, a year one contributor. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've already come out on Cordero Patterson and said he's primarily going to be a wide receiver this year. That means they like somebody in that running back camp, and they've had Allison for years, and it doesn't sound like it's him, so who would it be? It has to be Algier, honestly. Yeah. It just has to be. Algier or Hawkins, but Algier's the three-down back guy. Yeah, and Hawkins is still a very good back, but he, I also have to remember he was cut last year like multiple yeah. times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and a lot I think it's just once is, he's picked up and then cut again. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think he'll actually be a little bit more entrenched. It, ever since they got rid of Mike Davis, I think it's been clear. It's Algier, Cordero Patterson can be used in a multitude of ways, and then yeah. I think Javion Hawkins is definitely going to be in the mix as well. Yeah, I, I think Allison will be too, just because he's so consistently good, but he's just so situational. That's always been his problem with Atlanta. Yeah. But, so I say let's go to the next trade because guys in our league, literally week before the draft, up. it blew yeah. up uh, with two big trades, uh, both of them involving Jacob Durant's team. And um, one of them involved my wife. And uh, let, let's just say that was that was a fleece. In my that opinion. was an interesting one. Yeah. A very interesting one, as Ethan will pull it up. Basically. Uh, speaking of Cordero Patterson, he gets involved in the trade. Uh, so Ashley picks up Cordero Patterson uh, along with multiple picks, uh, two firsts, one second. And then all, all Ashley had to give up is Kareem Hunt, Hollywood Brown, Gabriel Davis, and a fifth round pick, which I believe yeah. is a 507. We, we got a pair of respects for this one. I mean, th- this is just an overpay. I, I don't understand it's, why. It, it, even if you think that Hollywood Brown's going to be finally going to break out, or you think Gabriel Davis is finally going to be a one, 
ugh. The fact that now, you had to give now, up. I want to break this down a little bit more, and then I want to explain the context of this trade. Yes. So for the 2022 first pick, this is the 109, which yes. is a very important factor, I think. And I think comparing the 109 to either Hollywood or Kareem is is fair. I think in, that's In fair. terms of, of, you know, that, me, I mean, especially Hollywood. To me, where the trade falls is the next year first. Yeah, that's the one I don't understand. I, maybe another second round, but I don't understand a first round next year for the package of Kareem Hunt, Gabriel Davis, and the fifth round. Yeah, and Ashley was telling me what the deal was. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, take that. Yeah, I was like, like take it. Yeah, like, it's, it's all not every day you it. get a first round pick for flex players. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, she gets an impact player in Cordero Patterson now. It, I think this definitely entrenches Ashley into a legitimate contender status because yeah. she already has Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, and Mike Evans as receivers. Hollywood was definitely expendable. So if you right. can get all Hollywood in, in a trade involving this amount, by all means, yes. Yeah, get rid of him. You don't need him that bad. And just, just for the context of this trade, I want to tell the story of how this started. Because yes. it is just so funny to me. So basically, Duran was reaching out to try and get Mike Evans, and he offered Patterson and two first round picks. And he also wanted was it uh, Gabriel Davis, right? Yeah. So the so the original trade, as Ashley has told me, was it was Mike Evans, Gabriel Davis, two fifth round picks for the two first and the second. Yeah, and so. That's where, like, Ashley just started going hardball on him, hardball on him, hardball on him. And then just she pulls the rug out on Mike Evans and says, Mike Evans, off the table. You can have Hollywood. Give me your two first rounds, still Cordero Patterson. Thank you very much. And yeah, that, that I mean, was just so funny to me yesterday when we were talking about the trade. I will say full disclosure. Like, I was watching the trade go down. And then Ethan, and we'll talk about the next trade. I was watching that go down in real time. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So I, I had to actually yeah. stay back and, like, be observant. But it was, I mean, as far as for Ashley, she has the 107, the 109. She has two second-round picks. She has, like, six picks, or six or seven picks this year. So not yeah. only is she firmly entrenched in contender status, She's firmly entrenched in building for the future as well. Yeah, she has everything she needs, yeah. especially with uh, the age of like Cooper Cup and Tyree Kill. Those picks are going to be invaluable for her. Exactly, and especially a wide receiver heavy class like this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe a blunder. Maybe this works out for Duran and he goes deep in the playoffs, maybe wins maybe. the league, and then I we mean, have to come back and say, oh, that was the right Let's move. give him the fair credit here. I think Hollywood Brown is going to get heavily targeted within weeks one yes. through six. That could provide a good buffer. Gabriel Davis is a shot in the dark, but man, I mean, the playoff game looked really good. Kareem yeah. Hunt, though, does give him good insurance at the running back position, though. I it think made sense for the next move that happened. It, it does, does make sense for the next move, which I – let's bring it up. Yeah, so you want to pull that one up? Oh, yeah, I'll pull that one up. I got gotcha. you. So this was my trade. Um, I had been fielding offers for Nick Chubb, just kind of explaining the context. And uh, I, I got reached out for an offer, and it was a really bad one at first. Let's, let's see what, it, what his initial offer was. 
I believe it was the, just the just the picks, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it was. So it was two first rounds and a second round for Nick Chubb in my late round picks, to which I countered Pittman and Montgomery for Chubb, and we were able to settle on Montgomery and Pittman and his two second rounders this year for Chubb in my late round picks. So I will tell you, especially with this trade, it does make the other trade make sense. So now right. his receivers are Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, and Hollywood Brown. That's a that's a pretty solid group, if I had to be honest. With yeah, you. that's not bad. Yeah, and then I mean, giving up Michael Pittman probably stinks, but you are getting he pro Jacob probably thinks he's getting an upgrade with Nick Chubb. I personally don't believe that this year, but Nick Chubb's still one heck of a back to where he yeah. have Kamara and Chubb, so he's definitely running back heavy now. So I definitely think this. I think this is a really good trade. The Two trades make sense for Jacob because I think he re yeah. retooled more with you than with Ashley. And yeah, I mean, I think this is just a good deal across the board. Yeah. You know, it made sense for both of our teams. I might have gotten a little bit of the better end of it. I would say so because I'm a lot higher on uh, Montgomery and then Pittman is a very oh, yeah. solid number one receiver. I mean, I think Chicago is going to be a much better offense this year and Pittman with Matt Ryan. Even I though they, they seem talent-deprived, I think just any sort of consistency with Chicago will make them a better yeah. offense. Just Well, I see Fields taking his sophomore leap, and this offense without Matt Nagy is going to be so much better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can't be worse. And like, I would, there's no way you get worse than Nagy. Yeah, that's, tr that's true. Um, there's one part of this trade I do want to give you uh, kind of your thinking on, especially since you have the 102. Yeah, I think that's why Mike Williams was available, and I think I think you made a good move there, enticing. Mike Williams was the what the eleventh ranked or the tenth ranked receiver. Yeah, um, he was eleven at last year's stats. But if you think about it, with the one or two, you have Drake London right there. And right. if you think Drake London can be a Mike Williams type, then yes, Mike Williams is expendable, especially in dynasty when you're looking at your draft picks and thinking about who you can get. That should give you a good idea of who is maneuverable on your team. Right. And, I think and this was for, a great for people fight. making moves, especially in Dynasty and Keeper, that's one thing you have to keep track of. Of okay, who am I taking in this class that I can then use kind of as bait? Because people were really interested in getting Mike Williams, as they should be. That kind of stunk for me getting rid of Mike Williams. But if I'm getting Pittman in return, I'm totally okay with that. It gives me a reason to watch Matt Ryan and the Colts. So, yeah, now I'll be on happy about that. On top of that, I mean, we've talked about since our draft is going to be rookies and free agents, giving up your fourth and fifth round to get the two seconds, like that, that's a perfect swap right there for you. You get two. Yeah, it, it is a little yeah. harder because there's some late round veterans that I was looking at. Um, but it gives me more ammo for if there's people that I really like in the middle of the second round. I can plus, go ahead and go I mean, after him. Plus, you can also always trade down. Like, I, I don't think right. that's that's also, like, a crazy thing to assume. I can totally see someone trying to trade up if they're like, I need this guy now, so go for right. it. Um, but, yeah. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I, I loved it for my team. Like, I love having Montgomery and the consistency. Pittman is going to be an upgrade at wide receiver over Deontay Johnson for me. I, I think it's just a great trade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, whoo, that was – that's a lot of trades in one week. Yeah, trades over three days. Yeah, over three days. So, for everyone who is still listening, 
that those are basically our trades, and those are some trades you definitely should consider within your dynasty or keeper leagues. Most I would say dynasty because draft picks are involved, but right. if you want to think of just value and just give yourself a good baseline, like that's kind of what we, especially in our league, we try to be fair about these trades, and we definitely right. will throw shots in the dark to see, oh hey, how you're thinking about this, and right. if use this as a template. Yeah, that's that's all we're saying, but. Now for a very brief recap. All uh, right. Josh is going to run through coaches. I'm going to run through players. Then we're going to talk about your drafts and kind of some strategies for you guys just to help you out with them all coming up over these next couple of weekends. Yeah, be prepared, guys. Buckle up. This is going to be a crash course. Yeah, so I'm basically, we're running. This, yeah, this is going to be the off season in like 20 minutes. Uh, we're basically just going to tell you guys about the, what basically what happened this year and big impact news when it comes to that. So I'm going to start with the coaches. There's a lot of coaches that did get hired this year, but quite a few of them you do need to keep your eye on. Um, Miami hired Mike McDaniel from the Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan scheme. Very, very good coach, and the staff is pretty well built. Brian so Dable, Josh Miami Allen. Offense. Yes, Miami offense, yes, especially with who they've uh, gotten for to a great job. Now, the New York Giants, on the other hand, I do want to bring it up. They bring in Josh Allen's offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball. I think you could see an uptick in play from Daniel Jones. But when it comes to future talent, I say be on the lookout for the New York Giants. So a Wandale Robinson definitely looks interesting to me. I would also say this is the best running back Dayball's, I think, had with, uh, yeah. with Saquon Barkley. And I, historically, too, Dayball running backs have always – been incredibly successful exactly and that's the big key um on top of that there's a, a few other news Urban Meyer's finally gone thank you so thank you Doug Jesus. Peterson there now Doug Peterson whether how you feel about him in Philly just that kind of presence though yeah is is going to make Trevor Lawrence much better mm -hmm. so I would say oh Trevor Lawrence the addition of ETN coming back is definitely going to be very interesting there um, the other two that we do want to talk about is uh, Nathaniel Hackett being hired uh, for uh, the Denver Broncos from Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And so with that one, you have to understand just they're very much on the pro concepts, play action. Those are things that Russell Wilson is very good at. So Cortland Sutton, Jerry Ju uh, Judy, Albert O, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, those are people you got to be on the watch for. Specifically but, Judy and Sutton. Yes, I would say specifically Judy and Sutton. On top of that, you still have the one-two combo of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And you're happy if you own either of them because yeah. Green Bay was big about checking down the ball to running backs. And having a, a one-two combo, uh, mm -hmm. especially with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one uh, we do want to talk about is Kevin O'Connell. From the words uh, that from basically we'll be hearing about in Minnesota, not so much zone running anymore, but a lot of three receiver sets. Kirk Cousins, I definitely think, has shown he can handle multiple receivers in fantasy. And so when you have Thielen, Justin Jefferson being taken over, probably watch out for K.J. Osborne, though. K.J. Uh, Osborne and Irv Smith, especially, if you need streaming help. Did we make it? We made it to the coaches? Yep, that is the coaches. Those are the kind of the big ones I want to talk about. So, whew. All right, now, now for our free agents, in case you missed it. 
Um, so as you kind of mentioned, I'll, I'll try and break it down just by position. So at QB, we've got Deshaun Watson going over to the Browns. At first, it sounded like he was going to miss the whole year. Now what I'm hearing is he will be suiting up in 2022. It's I don't know how confirmed that is. But um, latest that's what I've been hearing. We're saying six to eight games. Right. Um, but I think that remains yet to be seen. This is kind of uncharted waters when it comes to NFL, yeah, still especially the suspension. Not only the type of uh, issue at hand, but also but kind of the process. what the NFL's investigation was saying was that they didn't view him as doing anything wrong is kind of the interpretation people are having of it's, their It's because that he also wasn't legally charged. And I think that's right. the real big thing. I think this is a completely right. different story if the grand jury were uh, did indict, to indict him, him. But since yeah. they didn't, that definitely um, that definitely complicates things. So uh, if you're a Browns owner, Deshaun Watson might be a trade for a target right now if you can get him for cheap. If not, it, I wouldn't say it's worth it just with the amount of games he's going to miss. On top of um, that, this does impact but... Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Yep. Amari yep. Cooper, DPJ, this affects all of them. So be on the lookout. If you're dealing with Deshaun Watson, then obviously go in on all of them. But if you're dealing with Jacoby Brissett, this is a this may be a void. It'll be year. rough. Yeah, it yeah, will be rough. It'll be a rough six or eight games. I will say, if it's only six to eight games, I think a lot of those Brown skill players are very good trade for candidates midseason. Yeah, the they'll be midseason trade you. targets. Yeah, absolutely. I think early season Chubb and Kareem Hunt, specifically Kareem Hunt, is going to be uh, good. Yes. So if you can get Kareem Hunt for cheap, I'd be going for him. If you can get DPJ, that guy yeah, is I a was, freak. I will tell you right now, you better be looking at DPJ. Whether, because yes. if he takes off for one week, it's over. Yeah, after our draft. So we're going to be live. Oh, this is perfect time. We will be live streaming our rookie draft for yeah. our league either live streaming when we have it. either live streaming it or you will be seeing it next week for sure that's a guarantee yeah. but it will be you guys will be there with us to see what we do in the blunders and the roasting and the love that we all have for each other kind of uh josh and i will be right. hosting again because ryan's on vacation with his wife which is yeah let whatever. man i mean he, ryan's put in a lot of work he He's earned the vacation. No, no, he doesn't. Oh my! But anyways, Ryan. So we will be live streaming. <laughs> followed, followed by a gems. So we're talking about some now, but we have more kind of gems who are out there other than DPJ that you guys should be looking at and trying to trade for if you can. Um, but we'll go over that in a future video. But just wanted to give a little little teaser. Yeah, you got in, in this video. Yeah, you gotta give a peek behind it. Uh, oh yeah, curtain. we we got a tease here. We're we're a big teasing oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, but that's the shirt. <laughs> we're a big teasing podcast. Yeah, yeah maybe not. I wouldn't. Uh, know yeah. That, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi, what's your name? My name is Ethan McShane. I'm part of a big teasing podcast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sean Watson, and he also got Amari Cooper. He's not a quarterback, but that was another trade for target. But He's going to be incredibly useful going forward. Yeah, and that so does that's kind of the Browns. Yeah, that, that's kind of the Browns in a nutshell. Um, who else got moved? Because it felt like everyone and Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson moved. is probably the next one we have to talk about. Especially him going to the Broncos. Yeah, I was just talking about this with some of my Broncos fans here in Colorado. But, I mean, at some point, this guy will be bringing a Super Bowl to Colorado. That's just the player he is. That's the team that they have here. It might not yeah. be this season. It might, be there, not, it might not be next it, season. But the it's The AFC is super loaded. Mm -hmm. But it, let's be honest, that 
the Denver Broncos as a team was ready to win like two, three years ago, in my opinion. Yeah, they just They've needed their quarterback, a good and now they have it. The quarterback. They, they literally said, you know what, the Peyton Manning story, spin it again. Yeah, spin that wheel one more time. Exactly. I think Russell Wilson's going to do really good. I, I really yeah. think he'll be back into top 10 conversation. No, I completely agree. And that just skyrocketed uh, Jerry Judy specifically. I but think, think yeah. Cortland Sutton will be – you should be talking about him as well. Cortland Sutton is just a dude who's con- like consistently moving the chains. Mm-hmm. And he – I mean, he's just a big body receiver. That's perfect to start, uh, definitely start out with. He's kind. It's kind of like DK Metcalf in that kind of sense. So oh, I would just yeah. imagine it in that regard. He's dominant. Like, yeah, very yeah. dominant. And he was dominant and, before a top quarterback. And also with Russell Wilson, he's historically had a pretty good relationship with tight ends, but he's never had anyone as physically gifted as Albert O. So that that could be something to watch. I know we mentioned that kind of in our uh, in our mock when Josh stole my secrets, even though. It's not a very well-kept secret. First off, I I, I would like for the record, what's hilarious about that moment was I didn't talk to Ethan one bit about it. No. We both came to the same conclusion independently, which is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. So Albert O, I mean, shout out to Will Disley three years ago, what Russell Wilson and him had. I could see a similar relationship to that happening between Albert O and Russell Wilson, but we'll just see how the offense works together. Yep. We'll see how the offense works together. And speaking of offense, yes. so many offensive players got moved during, yes. uh, during Tyree this. Tyreek killed in Miami. We're going to see a little drop there. I mean, a little bit gosh, drop, was... but I mean, he is with, I would, so here's what I think Okay. with Tyreek Hill. Yes, there's going to be a drop. You have Jalen Waddle there. You don't have Mahomes. You have to. It makes sense. But Mike McDaniel coming from the Shanahan system, there's probably not a better person besides Kyle and McVay themselves yeah. that can scheme people open like Mike McDaniel. Mike yeah. McDaniel's been that guy. How he sees football has been incredible. Everyone's known it. Now he finally gets the chance. That's why I'm, I'm excited for Tyreek Hill and Waddle because I think you're, yeah. you're going to see some like insane things happen over there. Me personally, I'm selling Waddle, but that's just me. Or not Waddle, uh, Hill, Tyreek Hill, I'm selling. I, I think Tyreek Hill, just also with the years aspect, like especially in the dynasty format, I would just say count your days when it comes to Tyreek Hill uh, just because he is going to approaching that that age or like over 30. I think Waddle is definitely there to be the guy yeah. that moves forward. But then we also have Devontae Adams, who's changed locations. He's back with his old QB and Derek Carr. I love that move for them. That offense is going to be crazy with Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. Uh, you got Samir White, which will be the future running back for the Raiders. He, uh, oh, when we get to draft strategies, we'll talk about Samir White, but we, oh, yeah. we can't do that right now. Yeah. Um, Not yet, but Ethan and I are on the same wavelength there. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, I'd be wary about. I'd be trying to sell him. Uh, he's not going to get as much usage as he did last year. So that's kind of unfortunate for that. Um, other offseason moves. Oh, goodness. Um, well, Mike Williams one, resigning, that's important. Um, well, Alan, sorry, Alan Robinson to the Rams is another oh, one. Alan Robinson to the Rams. I, that's just an upgraded OBJ. Exactly. Uh, especially right now, I'd like at, at, the, at the age, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I love that. His talent was ridiculous to be stuck in Chicago. They're going to love him. Stafford's going to love him. 
Yeah, and I think it's going to help Cooper Cup too. Is just yeah. having another really good possession guy, and like Allen Robinson can win on his own too. Mm-hmm. Which as if you can have two receivers that can win on their own, like especially in that McVay offense, let's start rolling basically right now. Yeah, I think other important moves is Rojo signing elsewhere, which isn't important for him, but it's important for Fournette. Fournette yeah. is going to be the primary guy in Tampa Bay. He could be a midseason trade for Target. I'd be trying to target him now if he can before I think people if, if realize have, how valuable he is. If you have CEH, I would say go get Rojo. Just just get that insurance. Yeah, insurance uh, for yeah. sure. Um, but also, it does seem like uh, Rojo is definitely going to be the uh, the power back. I think CEH is still going to be the starter, but I think they may use CEH in more ways, especially with the Tyree Kill trade uh, in the rear view right. as well. Michael Thomas might be coming back. We're still <laughs> waiting to hear on that. Uh, but also on that Saints team, Kamara, the six-game suspension is incoming. So just be aware of that. Yep. Gosh, uh, let's is, see. That, is that everything? Did we make it? Did we? Uh, I mean, oh, I mean, a lot of defense let's, stuff, let's but... talk about the most recent one. Terry McLaurin got signed. He got the bag. Yeah. Three, three years, $71 million. I That's huge. Huge. Washington desperately needs it, but the cool thing about Terry McLaurin in this situation is if you think he should be out, he it's only a three-year deal. Uh, and that's right. really the big thing to take a look at. Um, but we love oh. him. We love him getting paid, making him happy. Terry McLaurin's yeah. going to be a monster this year. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of retirements. Um, uh, Gronk is really the big one. Oh, yeah. RIP Gronk. Yeah, but I mean, the greatest tight end in the history of football uh, finally is retiring for a second time, but man, he deserves it. Uh, Definitely plan accordingly. And there's a one draft strategy. We will tell you about that. Um, Let's see. I'm just I'm just going to look up quite a few, but I believe those are the main ones. Oh, I think the only uh, the last one is Matt Ryan. There's two more. uh, Three more. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown. Okay, let's talk Matt Ryan first, and we'll go yeah. down the list. Um, so cool. Matt Ryan, you can get him later in the draft. I would be picking him up. I love him. He finally has an offensive line, so he's not going to get sacked as much. But the pressure he is going to get, he was the number one uh, passer of throwing out of sacks and throwing out of pressure in the NFL for multiple years. So whatever pressure he's going to get, I, I love him for that. I'd be picking up Matt Ryan. He's going to have a phenomenal season. He's already got chemistry with Pittman. All right, I'll I'll be the hot take guy here. If you can't get Lamar, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, Burrow, or anything or anyone like that, keep your eye on Matt Ryan. I think he's a sneaky good option if you want to bulk up. I think he's a sneaky QB eight or QB seven. Yeah, I think top ten is very much in the horizon, even high top ten. I think it's it's very possible. If you told me Matt Ryan is QB six on the year, wouldn't be mad. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and that the Colts won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. If they, oh, th- nothing would make me happier than see Matt Ryan win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it, coming from the resident Falcons fan. Okay, well, shut up. So, Hollywood Brown, uh, this is your guy, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so basically during the NFL draft, this is kind of one of the big ones. Hollywood Brown got traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a pick 23 and they also picked up pick 100, uh, the Cardinals did. So, so Hollywood goes back to Kyler Murray and in a spread system that is honestly, yes, a little bit more favorable. But if you're 
I would say be buyer beware on Hollywood Brown because mm-hmm. the D Hop suspension is coming. You've yep. seen Hollywood not be not be the greatest at wide receiver one, so it really depends on how you view how you view him as a player. Now, I think it will work having AJ Green to kind of break up some of that pressure, but I don't know. I think you're right it, to caution still. I'm cautioned because there's also Rondale Moore. Yeah. And, That's right. There's a lot of wealth to go yeah. around in that offense. Yeah, plus James Conner, and now they have Daryl Williams on top of that. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. The, um, then the last big trade, A.J. Brown traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts gets a bonafide number one along with Devonta Smith. I, Miles Sanders still on that team. Eagles could be a, a very interesting option this year for fantasy. Yeah, I feel like they've been kind of looked over in the past as kind of flex players, but now this might be the year where, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be a top six, top seven quarterback, and Miles Sanders yeah. is going to be a top 15 running back. Very and AJ possible. Brown could still, you know, come back from this last season where he's top 20 something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, he was just hurt all the time. But, but when, when yeah. they said, hey, AJ Brown, I need you to win the game for us, that's what he, he did. did. Yeah, he dominated. Yeah. So I think it's a good move for them. I think and you're going to see them pass the ball more. I think you'll see Devontae Smith do a, a whole lot better. Oh, it'll be he was, he was getting beat up a bit. Like he was having the whole brace on him. So I think he'll be a lot healthier going into later in the year. Yeah. So we like Eagles from a fantasy perspective. Absolutely. I think the last free agency news would be uh, an injury, which would be the injury to Chris Godwin. And if yes. you can get Mike Evans, if they're selling him low or selling him at fair value, yeah. I would pick him up because he's going to be a monster. I will player. tell you, as far as a keeper perspective, do not trade him until like week six or seven, personally, because yeah. I think he's going to get the volume to where he will win you weeks. Yeah. Even though oh, Russell yeah. Gage is there, Fournette's back, and especially with Gronk gone, I think Mike Evans will He'll be a have... perennial 30 point threat. Yeah, exactly. Especially with Brady back, who un- retired, yeah. unretired. That's how crazy this offseason is. Shout out to Tom Brady. Yes, the, the GOAT of quarterbacks. Um, I will tell you, just I think Mike Evans is a legitimate threat, but he is a trade away candidate midseason. Then yes. Godwin will be the trade for candidate once he gets back. Yes. Yes. If you can turn Evans into Godwin when Godwin returns, you're a legend. So the big thing is you have to listen and read all of the reports coming out of the Tampa camp because there's been some very we've heard October we've also heard December so it's those are you have to just time it out right well we've also heard earlier than October that's true so I've heard as early as September yeah no one really knows right now so that that's a wait and see definitely follow it very closely and that's I think that's all the important free agency news yeah that was that was fast (laughs) hey but we got it in there we got it in there Ooh, now I think we'll take us a little bit deep slower breath. Now. Yeah, deep breath. Ooh, so that that is going to be our off season crash course and the off season in review. But now, probably the one thing that you're all here for. There are some draft strategies. We are in dra- draft season right now. We want to kind of just kind of tell you our experiences, especially right before our rookie draft that will be start uh, that will be airing next week. We do kind of just want to explain. Here are the things we've learned, and here are some tips that you should uh, walk into uh, for your draft. I think I want to go first 
And my first piece of advice for your draft would be don't reach. Okay. I mean, it's, it's the same for every single draft in the NFL, other major leagues, you cannot reach for players in years past. We've seen people reach for Samji pairing over JJ. So that's, that's what we're talking about. I don't care how overhyped a guy is, who's hyping them up. Don't reach, take, take the value, take what you know, take your potential and be happy in your draft. So if you're, if you're in an option between Ken Walker and I don't know, Traylon Burks, and you don't know who to take, what's the value? It's looking like Ken Walker is going to be the starter in Seattle. Traylon Burks having some issues at camp. We don't know how good that offense is going to be. Take your value. And I think the big thing is just you just go, go with your gut. Like who do you think is going yeah. to be the guy that's going to make it work? Like just if you can eliminate any noise, especially when you're drafting, that's such a big thing. Um, if you ever have to say, oh, I should take this guy, but I really need this person at this position, you've already made a mistake. Exactly. Uh, so I'm ready to go into my next lesson because I actually, this took me a while for me to learn. And I think it's a big lesson for everyone who hasn't, who hasn't done this as often as we have. Yeah. Do not care about bye weeks. Whatever you do, you, you have to build the best team possible. And if it if it means that a lot of your players aren't playing week fourteen, then so be it. However, the draft goes like you just do not sacrifice your your overall strength of your team just because the bye weeks are similar. You don't want to do. I that mean, there's for, enough depth yeah. in this league where bye weeks aren't as big of an issue. I feel like that's that the, was a huge and that's fantasy past uh, issue. But now that's kind of delegated now because yeah. you have so many flex players that you can flex into your wide receiver too, your running back too, your whatever your need, and then bring a guy off the bench and be completely fine. Could not agree with you more with that. Like that's exactly the point is there is so much depth and so many good players within the NFL now that that's completely like out the window. So just do whatever you can to make, to make sure you draft the best team possible. Don't worry about bye weeks. Right. Um, and then in terms of your rookie mock drafts, uh, just be careful with where you start drafting your vets. Uh, obviously, everyone's free agency is different, but they're, this, I'd say this, this is a sneaky, deep class. So you don't want to yes. start drafting your free agents too early and miss out on your Zamir Whites, your David Bells, your Jalen Tolberts. Miss out on those guys your who, Justin yes, Ross, are they projects? Your... Yeah, you're Justin Ross. Oh. And yes, are they projects? Absolutely. But it will be worth it in, in your keeper leagues and in your dynasty leagues. And most likely those free agents are going to be available for a while. Yeah. Uh, the big thing is just taking advantage of drafting a rookie now. I do agree with you, Ethan, especially with this draft specifically. There is maybe the high end level talent is not there. And even then, I'll still debate you on that point. But it this this is a sneaky good class. Like we did our rookie draft, and Pierre Strong was in the fifth round. I would yeah. gladly take Pierre Strong in the fifth round. Uh, right. Chico Conquo didn't even get drafted at all. Granted, kickers somehow got involved, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but like there's there's a lot of good depth to where to where I'm. We were grading players, and I'm like, that dude could be something. Right. And and if you think that person could be something. By all means, take the play. Go get them. Yeah. Yes. 
And don't be afraid to make moves. I mean, like you said earlier, scared money doesn't make money. You have to take risks. If there's a guy in your guts like, I love the fit. I love the team he's at. I love his potential. I love what he could bring to this team. Go get him. Go get him. Take your shot. Yeah, 100%. Scared money doesn't make money. But I, I would say another one. Don't be afraid to put the coaching into the decision making. In my, this is no, my opinion. I agree. I think there's a lot of coaches where if there is such a clear coaching discrepancy between player A, player B, I think you have to take it, it into account. Um, I, let me. Th- I'm trying to think of the best example. Was uh, uh, <sighs> trying to think of a good one. I mean, there was. Back in the day, I know there was a Saquon versus a uh, uh, versus I want to say Derrick Henry or something like that, and mm-hmm. we're all like, "Well, Saquon's a better player, so let's go with Saquon." And then over over time, it's obviously been Derrick Henry. Um, right. But there ha- there was a giant coaching discrepancy that just no one talked about at the time. So I think when it comes to a lot of players, whether it's receivers, quarterbacks, and running backs especially, tight ends, it doesn't really apply to as much unless you're Mark Andrews. Or Kyle Pitts. Or or Kyle Pitts. Take coaching into perspective. Have that at least within within, uh, within your evaluation. You don't want a a coaching carousel. And that's what they're dealing with in New York. And then you have the absolutely stellar Mark Vrabel down in Tennessee running a tight shit. Exactly. You know, th- and that's what you need. Like not not every carry is equal. Not all catches are equal. Like those are like big things that you have to worry about. Like between like how, for example, how Debo Samuel is getting touches versus how Amari Cooper was getting touches, clear discrepancy on how that was happening. Right. Or like how what what kind of completion Kyler Murray was getting versus one when Carson Wentz was on the Eagles where Carson Wentz was like, hey, you're going to have to fit this ball in here because that's just how the offense rolls. Right. So and it, you have to take coaching into account. Yeah. And I guess my last thing would be, be especially with this class specifically, be careful how many wide receivers you take in the first round and what yes. wide receivers you take. Yes. Because yes. there yes. are a lot of question marks around guys like Christian Watson Traylon Burks, even Olave. We have no idea what that Saints offense is going to look like. Is Mike Thomas there? Is he not there? Is Olave beating people out? Jarvis Landry is rising apparently. So be careful with who you take and where you take them would be my advice. Yes. I I mean, especially even in redraft leagues, I would say be careful of the receivers Um, just because all receivers will have an off day. That's just how it is. But that's where the running backs, that's why running backs are always picked a little higher. Just right. because they're going to be a little bit more consistent when it comes to that output. Unless your name is week 17. Uh, yeah, unless you're Cooper Cup too. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. The receivers, I think just let the board play to you. Just because you don't know what each team is going to do or how they view it. I mean, we had a lot of discussion talking about who our top receivers were. Because it was just in a completely different order than a lot of people. They're they're just that close to each other. So especially in that case, let the board fall to you unless you're convicted on one dude. It's like, this is my guy. Yeah. And one specifically, I wouldn't fall into the pitfall for at least a few seasons would be David Bell. 
I mean, Stefanski isn't good about scheming wide receivers open. He's kind of a, I have my number one wide receiver. I have my number one running back. And that's how we're going to play football. Yeah. I, I know there's one person who's really high on David Bell. And David Bell is a great player. I would love to have David Bell on my team, but I'm not going to use a high pick to get him. And if somebody else wants to take that shot, I'm going to let them make that move. And I, I'll take it from the coaching perspective. Kevin Stefanski's never really had the greatest dropback passing scheme. And we've seen that from his time in Minnesota as well. And really what made it so good uh, in 2020 was I think he had one person that was a McDaniels kind of uh, coaching tree, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that. But yeah. uh, the big thing, is, especially with that, is especially when it comes to the deaf players like David Bell, Justin Ross, uh, Alec Pierce, like you have to also buy into the coach's scheme. So that's yeah. like personally for me, unfortunately, Jalen Dolbert is a great player. And he was a great yeah. prospect coming out. I am nervous with Dallas, though. That's just personally my opinion. Which, I no, mean, that's... I, I agree. I mean, here's the last thing I want to bring up because I experienced this last year. People drafting. You could never have too many running backs. Mm-hmm. Because what have we seen time and time again? Running back injury, running back injury, running back injury, running back injury. You can never have too many running backs. Yes, you can get caught up in all the receivers, but your team will fail if you don't have enough running backs. Yep. No, I, agree. I mean, our league champion had the best group the, of running backs. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Najee Harris, uh, John JT. Tate, yeah, JT, Sony Darryl Michelle. Henry, yeah. Uh, Darrell Williams. Darryl Williams at the end. Devin Singletary at the end of the season. Sony Michelle at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's where he, where he caught form. His top receiver was T Higgins who is not even in the top 20. Yeah. Like, that was impressive. And Thielen, who was too. injured multiple weeks. Exactly. You can but never have too many running carries. Exactly. So, yes, if you're in a startup and you can get a carousel of top running backs and good wide receiver depth, maybe not, you know, the best, maybe not the number one guy or top five guy, but solid wide receivers that are going to consistently get you points, that's where – the separation will be in who wins the championship and who doesn't. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the last one I think is just the most obvious. Trust yourself. Yeah. Trust Absol your gut. Yeah, trust your gut. A lot of times it's going to be right. Uh, and if not, then you'll just learn. And Because the big thing about the draft, you do not win your league in the draft. You win by how you keep progressing throughout the season. Yeah. And in the off season. So with some of these things that we've, we've told you about guys to go and get guys to trade for value guys, go make your team better. Exactly. Win and the league. I would say shameless plug here. We have followed the off season to a T as uh, from the very end of the last season until now. Uh, we even have taken a whole week dedicated to just the rookies. So people that you need to take a look at. Um, if you want to check out more of the off-season content, getting ready for your draft, just take a look at our past episodes. They are right up there for you. That yeah, Rookie Week, our mock draft, our free agency news. Yeah, Statathon, if you want to look at what guys produced last year and some projections of what we think they could do this year, go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. It's but free. It's available. Emphasis, it's free. It's it free. free advice. It is F-R-E-E. -E. That spells free. 
Oh, throwback. Oh, to throw, all, uh, oh, throwback. I really hope Are you Gen Z and millennials? Yeah, yeah. Y'all know exactly. Yeah, we didn't where sing the went. jingle. We're okay. Everyone yeah, knows we're what we're talking about, but we didn't do the jingle. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> and if not, you're, you're really young. You're and that's too, okay. Because yeah, go young. educate yourself. Go educate yourself. So, Ethan, dude, whoo. That we was made a, it. We made it. That was a crash course episode, but we yeah. hope we've caught, basically caught you all up on what happened this year and basically getting ready for the for draft season. Which for your draft, which should be this weekend, fine, this weekend or the following week. Finally here. I know. Finally We're so here. close. Dude, we football have, is right what, around the 30, floor. less than 30 days until preseason. Yep. I can't wait for football season. So, we're, we're very excited. I'm very, very excited. excited. Uh, be on the lookout. Our rookie mock, our rookie, not mock draft, the real draft. Our rookie draft is draft. actually going to be airing next week. No more mocks. Yeah. No more hypotheticals. The no real deal it is, is going down. And with all the trades that we that we talked about in the very beginning, it is going to be one crazy draft. Yeah, and me and Josh will be hosting again. Uh, Ryan won't be joining us. Uh, for that either we might have some league mates we're still working on that um, yeah we're still confirming that but mo- basically almost everyone will be there drafting yeah uh, everyone so. will be there drafting but we might have some people who are going to stop i know tyler won't be but alex was a maybe michaela was a maybe i think jacob was a maybe and maybe we need to talk to the champ yeah, the, the champ has the champ has to join in because the champ might be back. Yeah, we might need to see we need to see his reaction based on the last couple of weeks of trading. Yeah, and we just missed Paul. We love yeah. Paul here. Yeah, the, the champ is always here in our hearts. <laughs> in in the words of Jackie Moon, everybody loves everybody here. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's that's the best way to sum it up. Yeah, that is the best way to sum it up, but Guys, thank you again for listening to the Last Place Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, if you have any fantasy-like conversations that you want to start, feel free to just post up anywhere. We will try to respond to them as quickly as we can. We love responding. We love yeah. just talking football. Like, yes. If you guys are like, oh, I view this guy differently, we want to talk about it because exactly. we just love talking football. Exactly. We just love talking ball. We love just getting and just seeing what where everyone is thinking. That is the greatest part of the fancy of fa- fantasy football itself is the community. Yeah. But yeah, I am Josh. That is Ethan. We, we heart each other. Yep. We will see you next time. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah.